Welcome to Sunday Chats 969, the podcast where you can listen back to interviews that were first broadcast on All FM 96.9. We are an award-winning community radio station based in South Manchester. And coming up on today's episode, we are chatting to the fantastic author and playwright Kenson Craig, ahead of his performance from Manchester's spectacular new Christmas production, Bear Left which will be featured at 53 twos. We're also welcoming new actors, Lewis Pugh, Freya Ingram and Sophie Truman. And they're taking part in some live plays in the studio. You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online. With me, Ruth O'Reilly, I'm delighted to be keeping you company. And my special guests live in the studio today are the fantastic, terrifically talented um, actor and playwright, Kenton You, you haven't Craig. heard us yet, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you, he's one of the stars of Manchester's newest and most exciting Christmas production, Bear Left, which will be shown at 53 twos. But we've got him in today with his Kenton crew, I think, to actually um, perform some plays for us live. Now, this is a first um, for the Sunday Tea Show, so it's a welcome Kenton, Thank you very much, and it's great to be here, Ruth. Thanks for inviting us. Uh, we, we are welcoming you back, in fact, aren't we? Because we first had a, a remote interview with you to introduce you to, to the listeners, and it's all been very exciting because you've been working on these plays for us for a little while now, haven't you? Yeah, we, was it about three months ago we had a chat, <laughs> something like that? Long <laughs> enough. <laughs> yes, but do you want to um, explain to, to the listeners a little bit more about your journey, Kenton? Because we have talked touched on, on the fact that you are embarking on acting as a second career, aren't you? Yes, yeah, I was a police officer for 20 odd years, before that I was in the Royal Navy for eight years, uh, having uh, come from this, these parts originally, lived in Blackpool for many years before joining the Navy, um, mm. got to the end of my career working for Her Majesty and then decided what, what well, what do I need to do now with my life and that was... Uh, Someone took a punt and let me into drama school. (laughs) But what what I love about this is one of the things that we're going to hear from you is Bonnie Street, which is actually... That's not so much a a play as a potential series, isn't it? Yeah, it's... um, the the uh, I've called it episode one. What, yes. we, what we've got today, um, and that's because it's based it's based around a police drama. Obviously, I've got a lot of knowledge and uh, experience of police yeah. policing and all and issues in society. And uh, I guess Bonnie Street episode one is just the the first dip dip of a toe in the water for writing what could turn into an episode episodic drama, whether that be uh, you know yeah. on radio or. You know, if there's any TV producers out there listening to this, you never know. know. On a Sunday, yeah. Well, I love the fact that you're kind of using all your your knowledge from the police force and combining it very effectively with your, your acting knowledge now. So it's a combination of both. I listen to this, Kenton, and it does feel like you're leaving us wanting more. It definitely looks like as if we will want a series two. Of I it. think, well, I think episode one, yeah. any good drama will just introduce a few main characters and then leave the audience wanting more, Ruth. That's what I was yeah. always <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so, so can we hear from, from Kenton's crew then? So <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to be our band name now. Yeah, so, so first of all, we've got Lewis, isn't it? Lewis, yeah. yeah. Welcome to Sunday Tea Show. Great to speak to you Thank today. Thank you for having us. What's your name? It's Freya. Freya. Yeah. yeah, that's me. Yeah, Sophie. And Sophie, what's it been like working with Kenton? I've I've seen you performing just now in in the performance space. Is Kenton a bit of a slave driver? Is that worthy? Yeah, we horrible. don't have breaks um, ever. That's no, he's we've, brilliant. He's brilliant. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, because we all met at drama school, all at drama yeah. school together. So we've. Uh, had the honour to perform with our Kenton wow. before, yeah. and luckily he cast us a line to uh. <laughs> It's completely the opposite. These guys are so inspirational. Going as I did at the age of 51, going to drama school yeah. scenario with some 20 somethings. Are you mm. all still in your 20s? Yes, I think. Which we start, are. Yeah. And um, you know, some might think as an older more mature entrant, it can be a bit challenging, but these mm. guys were so welcoming and uh, they're really, I think, without wanting to speak out of term, we're like a little family. Yeah, um, yeah. no, I get that vibe from you already. And you were um, saying, Kenton, when I first interviewed you, that they really took you under their, their wing and that there's, there's almost not really a difference age-wise when you're performing. That's other than the fact that I'm uh, a bit slower getting up off the floor, for example. No, no, I think we all. Oh, Ruth, you should have seen him when he was pretending to be a giraffe. For, wow. Least, okay. Least, 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 least said the better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, do you want to tell us um, a little bit about your performances today? Yes. So, we've heard about Bonnie Street already, and yeah. then we've written a, a comedy which is called Uncivil Servants. Oh, okay. Uh, or The Uncivil Servants. <laughs> <laughs> sure if it's a working title. It's a working title, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it kind of sees these four characters who are based in an office, and it's just about, it's just looking at their chats. It's kind of about the chats that you might overhear at work, or the yeah. chats that you kind of just have with these people who, out of work, you might not actually be friends with, but when you're at work, mm. you can have this quite tight So this um, t- typical water cooler conversation kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah. 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 Wonderful. And I think what's great about the fact that you're doing some comedy for us today is, is Bonnie Street is a bit serious on the serious <laughs> yeah. side, isn't it? So we are going to balance things um, out a bit. Okay, so sh- shall we have um, a-, a random Christmas track for-, for you to warm up, or do you want to like get get into it? I think a, a nice Christmas track would be a lovely way to Okay, okay, so we'll have a bit of Nat King Cole. <laughs> Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They 
know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. And every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeers really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to song there by Nat King Cole. You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online, joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly. And my special guests live in the studio today are the fantastic Kenton Craig and his special crew. (laughs) (laughs) Lewis, Freya and Sophie. And we are having a first here at All FM, we are having some live plays right here in the studio. And the first one up is a, a comedy piece titled Uncivil Servants. What a load of rubbish that was. That was the longest hour of my life. Do you reckon I could climb down the fire escape so I don't have to go back in? Go back in? I thought we were finished. Afraid not. This is us till five. I'm not doing it. I'm not, I can't sit through one more minute of team-building exercises. Now, I've been to a few corporate training sessions in my life and I must say this is quite possibly the best one I've been to. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. What? Are you guys not enjoying it? <sighs> no, I absolutely loved creating a gesture that fit my name and energy profile around the office. Yeah, I, I don't think head office found your gesture too appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did enjoy building towers out of straws and marshmallows. <sighs> oh, that's because you ate half of our marshmallows. All in the name of team building, my boy. We would have won that as well. I read an article... Watched a TikTok. Rude. I read an article last night about the architecture of the leaning tower of pizza. Of what? Pizza? The, the the leaning tower of pizza? 
Was that made by the same guy who made the Pifel Tower? Or um, the Great Pyramids of Chiesa? Or, 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 or on the... Uh, the um, yeah, you've got this still. I believe in you. Um, yeah, dig deep, Phil, dig the, deep. The, the Great Barrier Beef. <laughs> yeah. oh, I thought that was all right. The Leaning Tower of Pizza has more structural integrity than your joke, Phil. Wow, two rubbish jokes in a row. Anyone got any more? I'll tell you what is a joke. The fact that us four have to do this team building because an unknown source... Carly from sales. ...told head office that an anonymous member of staff... Oh, Ellie from customer services. ...didn't bring gluten-free cupcakes on her birthday. So Carly... Sorry. The unknown source felt excluded. Come on, guys. I don't really think it's that bad. Would you rather be having fun doing this or sitting at your desk? Sitting behind my desk? No, Phil, come on. There must be something else you've enjoyed this morning. <sighs> well... I suppose I did enjoy the trust falls. That's only because you let John Cooper fall on his arm. Well, serves him right for using the last of the milk and not replacing uh, it. This isn't the point of team building, guys. We're supposed to be coming together as a team and not taking our grievances out on each other. No, 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 no. Maybe Phil's onto something. Huh? Maybe that's how we get through the afternoon. What do you mean? We get back at everyone in the office who's wronged us through the medium of team building. <laughs> uh, that's a terrible idea. No, I quite like this idea. Well, how are we going to manage it then? Well, it, it depends. What's next on the agenda, Al? Um, I think after lunch we're doing a human knot with the lads from IT. I'm going to glue their hands together. Great! <laughs> what? Serves them right for spending more time playing on the computers instead of answering us? You're right. Do you know what? I waited three flipping days last week for them to reset my password. They wouldn't know an honest day's work if it slapped them round the face. Oh, that's rich coming from you, MrChess.com. Hey, uh, I paid my dues whilst you lot were in nappies. Um, you worked behind the till at Bargain Booze. It wasn't exactly Vietnam, Phil. Oh, careful, Alice. You're taking the mick out of a highly trained operative, a man who worked with ruthless integrity when it came to stacking the packets of Chris in Hey, hang on a minute. That's not <laughs> fair, guys. You've not even considered the PBBTSD Phil might be going through. The what? The post-Bargain Booze traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> 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 no, hey, maybe we do need this team building after all. All I get up is ganged up on by you three, and I'm sick of it, right? I I'm sorry, Phil. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't realise it was getting to you. Me too, mate. Sorry. You know what might help? What? If you explain how you feel right now through a gesture that fits your energy profile. <laughs> <laughs> if we have a whole afternoon left of this, I'm going to go sneak a quick smog. Yeah, I might join you, actually. You come in, Phil. All right, go on, then. You know, statistically, these vapes are 34% less likely to give you lung cancer. Um, at least I know what I'm putting in my body. You smoke pre-rolled cigs. You have literally no idea what's in them. And objectively, vapes are you better are for... You are aware saying words like statistically and objectively doesn't make something true. At least his little doofer thingy smells nice. Beats you two coming back smelling of horrible fagash breath. <laughs> wow! Um, you don't even smoke, Phil. I know, but you three little offers get a five-minute break every hour on the hour. Well, I will too, Tar very much. Oh, where the half is? You spend half your time looking for second-hand barbecues on Facebook Marketplace. No, I never. And the other half losing to ten-year-olds on chess.com. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I see where I'm wanted. You plonkers enjoy smoking yourselves into an early grave. You know, Phil... Just by sitting with us, you probably smoked hundreds of packets through second-hand smoke. Statistically, that increases your chance of getting lung cancer by 20 to 30%. Ooh, I thought we weren't allowed to use words like statistically. Uh, well, I am, because I don't get all of my information from TikTok. No, it's YouTube reels, but whatever. I'm quitting anyway. I've not smoked a ciggy for months. Really? That's really great, Jack. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. I've tried a few times, but I've just never stuck with it. I know what you mean. 
I was there. I was you, and hand on my heart, I didn't think I could do it. Honestly, that that is quite inspiring, Jack. It's quitting smoking, not storming bloody Normandy. Perhaps not, but but this is the war of our time. It's the battle against addiction, Phil. Exactly! This is what I've been trying to tell you all. And for that, we thank you, Jack. I think we must commend this wonderful achievement of this brave man who lost all his dignity to suck on a gummy bear-flavoured highlighter. (sighs) Hilarious, Grace. Very funny. She's made you look like a right mug, Jack. Yeah, a proper mug. But you wouldn't catch me dunking me hobnob in you. Oh, oh. Oh, Phil, you dirty bugger. Uh, no, not like that. Don't worry, Phil, this is a safe space. I didn't mean... Except you are going to have to disclose this to HR. They get a bit touchy about workplace relationships. Because you know what happened to Diane and Mark Kahn from accounting when they got found out? Sacked. Straight out the door with no pay. Home bargains. That's where they are now. And that, my friends, is not a place for love to blossom. You know what the NHS should prescribe to anyone trying to quit smoking? Standing outside with you three prats. Ooh, Phil, my dear. If you can't handle the smoke, step out of the... It's a double entendre. Ooh, get you, Carol Vorderman. Uh, she did numbers, not letters. Oh. Of course you'd know that. I bet you've got that clock noise as your ringtone. <laughs> now, Jack, don't get angry at Phil just because he can actually tell the time. Speaking of time, troops... Dun, 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 bidda, bidda, diddle, da, boo. What was that? Time to go back in. Countdown. Oh, the clock. Right. Brilliant. <sighs> Come on, that were funny. It was objectively not. Ooh, there we go again, throwing around the word like it means nothing. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. Let's look at the show. We're riding in the wonderland of snow. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's grand, just holding your hand. We're gliding along with the song of a wintry fairyland. Our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy cozy are we. We're snuggled up together like birds of a feather would be. Let's take the road before us and sing a chorus or two. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. There's a birthday party at the home of Farmer Gray. It'll be the perfect ending of a perfect day. We'll be singing the songs we love to sing without a single stop at the fireplace while we watch the chestnuts pop. There's a happy feeling nothing in the world can buy When they pass around the coffee and the pumpkin pie It'll nearly be like a picture print by career and I These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our lives Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting tingling too Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you Let's take the road before us and sing a chorus or two Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you 
Andy Williams there with Sleigh Ride. You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM with me, Ruth O'Reilly, and my special guests live in the studio, the fantastic Kenton Craig and his crew, combine <laughs> of Lewis, Freya, and Sophie. Well done on that first performance, guys. Really loved it. Been hearing Craig talking about you rehearsing for a long time now, so it was great to actually see it in action. And Kenson also explained to me that this one wasn't one that he actually wrote alone. It was a combined team effort, and, and I loved that. So do you want to tell us a bit about what that process was like for you and what made you t- decide on that particular scenario, that particular genre? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's interesting writing for radio, as because I've done some writing before, mm. but more for like stage and, okay. and screen, so it's different yeah. when you're writing just for radio, obviously, because you can't, can't, can't see, see anything. Yeah. And, like, even when we were writing it, there's, there was jokes we'd come up with, mm. but they'd rely too heavily on a the visuals. Look like there. a look or yeah. like right. a nudge or something, yeah. so it's almost yeah. working out how to like unpersonify the words and yes. make them just yeah. visual gags. Yeah, no, no, no. I got that with your um, intonations and stuff like that. Yeah. So, that, so that was quite interesting. And what you were saying as well is it, it's kind of based off the back of the fact that you are quite a close knit team to work with in your performances, in your training as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you tell that? Yeah, I feel like because obviously we did 15 months together, it's a yeah. lot of the stuff that we would do, we were thrown into some wild situations. So I feel okay. like having that kind of fun banter like relationship between the lot of you you find yourselves bonding quite well over that and I think people in any work sort of space have that sometimes you spend more time at work it feels than with like your your family family at home so you kind of have to like latch on to those little bonds and they're those little bits that get you through the day of those little jokes even if it's sort of you feel like someone's taking the mick out of you but you kind of look forward to that yeah yeah little interaction with those people and I think uh, as well from your performance it feels like you had a very strong sense of each other's strengths and weaknesses in 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 a way as well so you were kind of like helping each other out with that what what's your experience with this being Freya well, because I'm actually the only one here who um, didn't write anything, <laughs> which is quite amusing. Oh, um, however, no, no, you did. You did. You did. So we just, uh, her, just so Freya won't say it herself, <laughs> she did write something, but uh, we took a vote and decided that it was going to be that one. No, we didn't take a vote. That's fine. That's okay. I get it. I get it. <laughs> no, we d- no, we didn't at all. It was it was a great piece. It was just that uh, it wasn't completed. I think. Yeah, not for this one. But it's been really, it's really fun. Um, I can approach it from the acting perspective and from performing in radio because I'm at the moment this year has been about trying to launch myself into like the voice acting side of things right okay working from home so this has been such a nice opportunity and it's lovely reading words that um that have been written by um people who I know so well yeah radio is always as you were saying before it's a particular challenge um, without the visual mm. aspect, but I think it makes you you guys work harder as writers, and it makes you work harder as an actor. And I think it's such a a space for developing the craft. And yeah. like, if this is the early stage of you know whatever it could become, like a TV series, for example, for you, Kenton, and like this one, I don't know, <laughs> it could become anything. It's got um, legs. It's, it definitely has legs. It's a millipede. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, in the old well. days, pre pre. Uh, 
TV, yeah. you know, pre-screen, radio was it, wasn't it? Yeah, that was so it. I mean, this would have been the, the, the mega performance of the afternoon, <laughs> if you like, yeah. take it back to the 50s or something. Yeah, so, and it's where, act, uh, you know, writers and actors would have honed their craft before it then went onto a stage. So, you know, radio, in, in a lot of circumstances, would have come first. Yeah, and I think that there is um, something very invigorating about creating the kind of theatre in, in the mind based on the voices and stuff like that and leaving the, the listener to fill in the, the gaps of what they want the, the scene to be yeah. or whatever. It can be anything, um, in a sense. But I'm just wondering, when, when you actually go through the, the acting training process, do they actually put an emphasis on, on audio or is it mainly visual? Is that just like a, is radio just like a small module? Yeah, we did like an audio module, didn't we? Um, and we had, um, oh, I, don't, I don't know how, how long was it? It, was a, it wasn't that long, was it, in, com, in, in comparison no, to other modules? It was just, uh, I think really at, at, at our drama school, we, at the time, we were concentrating on trying to professionalise, ready right. to go into the industry. Mm. Uh, and that was to, the audio module was not only to learn a little bit about microphone technique mm. and acting uh, in, in an audio sense because there is a you'll have seen us we weren't just sat reading a script then we were mm. trying to act yeah <laughs> trying. Even, trying we to always act. tried <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, very good i mean how important is that to actually really get into the whole um persona and and, and stuff and, and not just go oh this is just on radio no one's going to see us i mean yeah. i was videoing you but you know <laughs> yeah. i may not have been how important is that for you to always completely get into character how it's, you perceive yeah, it's, it's it essentially it's just yeah, a, it, it, really it is helps still acting mm -hmm. it's just a it's just a different type of acting but it's still acting and you've I got to you hear it as well oh you do i think yeah. you hear if somebody's just sat reading something you do yeah. like if because it just could read a piece of text but i think you can tell when someone's like really in it or we do things if like, they want you to be out of breath you make like run on the spot yeah. or okay, just to yeah. sort of really make it sound like you're going through it and i think it helps acting wise to feel yeah the like, whole really thing invested about that. in it the, the big thing they taught us at drama school in every module is being like connected to breath. Yeah. And that's where you'll find your character. And I think even though you can't see us in this, doing that physical acting mm. helps you get into your breath more because you are that character. So you're living in it more, so you kind yeah. of have to, yeah. Wow, no, that really makes sense. I mean, I think that audio is becoming more important again. Like, we, we were talking about audiobooks, weren't we, Kenton, last time? And mm. I think a, a whole new genre is opening back up again in, in terms of um, audio movies, audio books, and, and, and stuff like that. So is that where most of you feel that you may want to put more emphasis in, in the future, or do you want to do more on the stage side of things? I mean, for me, I love audio. Um, it's uh, it's another it's a work stream. Ultimately, yeah. if you teach, yeah. you know, if you talk about acting as a business, it's it is a business, and mm. it's just it is another a work stream opportunity. And there's a lot of audio work out there. I know that Frey has done quite a, quite a bit recently on uh, yeah. different mediums, and it's not just audio books. It's voiceover for yeah. commercial work, mm. and you know, uh, animation and video games is a big area as well. Mm. Uh, which I know Lewis is quite uh, adept at the uh, video game animation yes. type voicing, aren't you, I mate? Do. Yeah, yeah, I like the because on stage, if you're on stage, you you can 
I don't know, I don't know how to word it. You, if you were playing a, a, a dragon or <laughs> a, an orc, then you're, you're always going to look like you in a costume. Yeah, yeah. With that animation. Are limitations, the, aren't there? Yeah, whereas yeah. that animation or, or whatever it might be, you're seeing that entire character and there's something quite fascinating about that yeah i love when you watch like um a pixar movie and you can you can kind of see the the, the actor is voicing it through the actual animation they kind of create that um in in such a way um, but I, I'm like really curious about what's made all of you go into to acting i'm, I'm assuming that the that, that you three have not really had a, another career the way Kenson has because you're too young too in, in a sense <laughs> but ha have you always kind of wanted to be in, in acting all three of you? I think um, I think I have I just mm. suppressed it for a long time okay. um, because I was like I always loved it at school and I'd do all the productions and um, it was always where I felt most at home mm. but then it was very much like oh yeah that's totally not realistic and that could never be me mm. and it wasn't actually until Covid happened, and oh, I just I just graduated, and I'd moved home, back to my my home with my parents, and then and I'd started so teaching, which I still do, and I'd started an office job, which um, I I didn't hate it, but like it was not me, yeah. and it was only then when all of these things have come together mm. that I was like I. I'm never going to be happy unless I try. And that's why I applied to drama school, got wow. in, ended up in um, at what was Alra, now Rose Bruford Wigan, and met all of these amazing people. And I don't think if, I'd had, if I hadn't had the experience I had there, I don't know if I would have carried on because everyone yeah. was so amazing in that group. And mm. yeah. So that's wow. Me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very interesting that you found the idea that yes, this is what you want to do during COVID. Because I think so many people were kind of quite they're feeling quite insecure, weren't they, during that time? Theatres were closed, didn't know when yeah. they were going to be open. People that, that were actors were thinking about doing other jobs. So it was an interesting time to actually decide, no, this is exactly what I want to do. I mean, I think it took away some of the stress of like, um, I wasn't worried about failing because no one was, nothing was happening and no one was yeah. doing anything and everyone was at home. So I, I think I thought less about it. Right. Um, it also meant I could do all of my auditions via Zoom, which was great because oh, wow. it just took the cost right down. As yeah. you guys know, like auditions are so expensive, so expensive for drama school. Right. And it's a real barrier, especially for any working class actors. Like it's, um, so I think that was a fantastic opportunity in many ways that COVID created, even though the arts was slowing down. Yes. From that perspective. Yeah. But, yeah. Just gave you the space to to be your yourself more or less did you start your acting journey before covid kenton or is all this uh, well my acting journey yeah started uh, as a pink fairy in the local oh, yes. pantomime yeah. society uh, but that, and so, so that was for christmas so was this kind of like your your christmasy an anniversary then well of... i'm just thinking i mean not to uh, take it in a too, too serious but my my dad died just over 10 years ago and, mm. and that moment in my life was like as you do if you lose a close family member you, you reassess maybe about what's important and yeah. um, I was in a job that was quite serious and quite negative at times mm. being in the police and I thought I need some positivity in my life and mm. I ended up going into the pantomime society locally to me in Devon and uh, 
sort of introducing myself on the coattails of my daughter, who was uh, going into... Wasn't keen, was she? No, 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 she she wouldn't let me go the first time. And then the second year, I I said, no, I really want to come. She said, well, just don't talk to me when we get there for crying out loud. (laughs) And then when when they discovered I I could do a bit and I could sing and I got a bit of street cred with her friends, she then allowed me to speak to her at the rehearsal. So, yeah, yeah, it was was an interesting... So that was my start as a pink fairy with three lines. uh, Well, uh, I I love that. I love that you kind of obeyed your your daughter and stayed in the background. (laughs) As all good fathers do. (laughs) And then, for someone that begun his career in the police force, it's not necessarily what you'd want to do, be a pink fairy. Well, no. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. Some say as a police officer, you're acting your whole life anyway, uh, because mm. you're acting that you're not scared when inside, you're terrified at times and uh, dealing with some horrendous things. But yeah, there was a one occasion when I walked down the main police station corridor in uh, Exeter and uh, saw a picture of myself dressed as Pink Fairy <laughs> on the notice board. Someone decided that would be a good laugh to. Uh, shove up a, a picture of me just as a, a bit of a mickey tape but in a way though you got all that out of the way straight away then didn't you 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 had the potential humiliation you went through that i think it made everything else easier didn't it well it, to be honest yeah because once you've dressed as a pink fairy in front of 300 people <laughs> what else is there to be worried about true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so i'm going to play um another track and then we're going to have um one of your your other um pieces Kenton but before I do that can can I just quickly ask you what has been all of your favorite parts to play so so we know that Kenton's all the pink fairy obviously (laughs) um but you Lewis oh gosh um favorite part ever Mm. so far of course so far yeah yeah. um oh gosh I I suppose I'm gonna have to go for I was I was in uh, Frankenstein oh wow nice the the monster in Frankenstein and that was quite, it kind of changed how I viewed acting quite a lot because like the first 15 minutes of the play was just me on stage, on my own. Oh, on your own. Coming to life and yeah. going through this process of birth to adulthood and yeah. no line, just, I don't know, it just it really wow. um, lit something up in me, so I'll go with that one. Yeah. yeah, and it sounds like you actually enjoy being a character and yeah. like performing as a character. That, that's kind of almost maybe hiding your visual or something like that, just like from what you were saying yeah. about the animation. Yeah, I think I, think I really cycle. love that, the transformativity. Yeah. That's a word. <laughs> it's um, a word now. So, for, so even for that play, that was just something at uni, but like I had a big beard and mm. quite long hair and I shaved my head, okay. shaved my beard, because I was just like, I almost got a bit... Um, Obsessed with it yeah, and being no, like, but, yeah, but, but you so have good. to, don't you? Have to like really get into character when yeah. it's such a a character. And does that actually help you to act better? Because it's like you know, I'm I'm not Lewis now. I'm this person with the big beard and all yeah. the rest of it. I think at the time it did. I don't think I needed to. And yeah. like I mm. think it was probably a time in my in my journey where I felt that I needed to to yeah. do it. But now I know I don't oh, actually wow. have to yeah. <laughs> shave my hair to yeah. get into character. No, that, but it helped no, that at the is time, good yeah. though. Yeah, to just like go through that. Yeah. What, what about you, Freya? What's been your favourite character so far? So other than being an icicle in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, there's a lot of them, um, in a school play, I think I was in year, in reception or something, um, my favourite part I've ever played was at uni, um, doing student theatre, and it was in a play um, by, called 
The Revlon Girl by Neil Docking and um, with a fantastic Welsh director, Geraint Owen. And um, it's a set six months after the Aberfan disaster, okay, um, mining yeah. disaster in Wales. And it's about a group of mothers um, who have lost children who come together and they invite a representative from uh, Revlon to come and teach them about makeup. Um, wow, and it's so it was makeup. A, I was thinking, is yeah, it makeup? Yeah. No, it's not makeup. And I was just said, <laughs> about okay. And it was just a fantastic experience and a role that I wouldn't have been able to play. This is the fantastic thing about student theatre. You get to play roles that you wouldn't be cast as because of right. your age. And it was just a beautiful group of people and so many Welsh people on the team. And I felt okay. invited into that world because yeah. I'm not actually Welsh, but uh, they invited the people guessed. in. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, but it was really stunning and a very emotional time it was five women on the stage yeah. which was not heard of as much as you'd think no. in student theatre surprisingly and so it felt big and it felt important and I made some amazing connections with the women there mm. which was really yeah it was a beautiful experience for that, me. that sounds fantastic and I think as well what that actually highlights is the fact that acting is important there's some people where it's like if you were to say to your parents I want to be an actor they're like no don't go down such a, a stupid route but when you can tell such in-depth poignant stories you you're reflecting a different dimension to what we see when we hear um a parent lost a child on the news you're delving in um deeper and it's only an acting space that can provide that isn't it so it is actually very important mm. to society as a whole yeah Definitely. what about you sophie what was your favorite character? um gosh i'd probably say um i did a play where i got to play victoria wood oh wow and okay. that was like i mean it's a massive yeah, it's like, oh, no pressure then. Yeah, it was part of a Happy Festival, which is in Bury and it celebrates Victoria Wood. Yeah. And it was a two-hander, and it just explored all of her sketches, and a lot of them with um, Julie Walters. And I just got to play, yeah. I got to play a lot of characters from, like, Acorn Antiques. Oh, and yeah. it was just that thing of someone who I'd seen, because my mum's such a big Victoria Wood fan as oh, well. Oh, uh, wow. Was so she I, from Dinner Ladies? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I remember most. So, yeah. I watched a lot of them, like the sketches growing up, and I love comedy, and it had like a big move. I come from like a movement background as well. From okay. Dance. So it was like a big sort of theatrical piece. It's a lot of getting to go into the audience and interact. Oh, wow. Which that is a bit I, intimidating. It is, wow. but I love it. If I'm on the other side of it, I don't like it. I don't mm. like being the audience. I'm like, if I see actors coming to the, like, towards the audience, I want to run and hide. But I like being on the other side. No um, good in cats then. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, but it was just a a really great role to play such like a big icon as well and and do you play the piano because um victoria wood was a very big piano player wasn't she yes. can you play piano i can play i didn't actually have to play it in this piece i just pretended right but I, but I can play but it was it's helpful as well because i think when you're pretending to do something like that i guess it kind of looked relatively like I yeah. could do it. Oh, well, not. it's more acting, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that Victoria Wood would have probably... You would have probably been quite young when Victoria Wood passed away, so... So, so, so your kind of basis of her character would have been slightly different, wouldn't it, from people yeah, that were... Yeah, but I think as well, like, she's still... Especially, like, her sketch shows and stuff, she's still hailed as such an incredible... Yeah. Not just female comedian in the UK, but comedian. Like, she... Mm. The sketches that she does, I feel like there's a lot of archetypes of how she wrote shows that's still used now. And also wow. should be used more. I just think it's fun, relatable yeah. comedy that anyone in the family can sit down and enjoy. I feel like yeah. it doesn't have like an age barrier on it. Mm. Just think it's something 
for everyone to get to watch. Oh wow, well that sounds like it was a, a massive first performance for yeah. you. <laughs> And now that you've done that, everything else is going to be easier, isn't it? <laughs> or harder. <laughs> so we'll have another track. Um, I, I, I want to play this for, for you now, Kenton. Um, Queen and David Bowie on Under Pressure. I thought I would play it at the beginning, and then I thought maybe that would be too much pressure before the first um, play was performed. What's the story behind this? Because I remember that you told me that there was a bit of a story. Um, I mean, I've, I've been a lifelong Queen fan ever since I bought my first album, which was Queen's Greatest Hit back <laughs> in the 70s. But um, well, we used this um, really at my, at my command, and I apologise for, for the forthrightness of that command at the time. Our last performance at drama school, our final show, mm. we used to warm up right. uh, beforehand um, as, a, as a company. Uh, and then we got the stage manager to put this across the loudspeakers on our last show before we did uh, our oh, last wow. show so it's it's poignant in that respect it always brings uh, memories back of a fantastic final swan song i suppose at, at drama school <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we give love now? I'm a chance. 
Queen and David Bowie there play that specially for my special guest <laughs> live in the studio, who is the terrifically talented Kenton Craig. Oh, and stop uh, it. <laughs> <Terrifically> talented. <laughs> oh, you've given up your Sunday. I've got a flat to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we were just talking um, off air about the fact that you've got to be very self-motivated when you decide to embark on the the, the career as an actor. I mean, any job in this cost of living crisis era, Mm -hmm. any job is like, what? Um, Let alone acting. So at the the tender age of 50-something when you decided to get into acting, I'm very interested in the fact that you were not set in your ways and say... How can I survive? And you know, you didn't. You didn't say, "Oh, I need to keep doing proper jobs." It, it actually kind of opened up your perspective. Proper jobs. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what they say when they hear you're an actor. Yeah. People always say, "Oh, oh you can get a well, the, job. The, the the common yeah. joke is, oh, "What do you do? I'm an actor. Oh, which restaurant do you work in?" <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, it is. It's it's a brutal industry. Mm. Uh, it really is hard. Um, I'd encourage anybody that has any of desire or has a dream you know you, you don't have to give up everything to mm. dip your toe in the water there's lots of fantastic uh, amateur theatre companies and mm. and opportunities through that there's extras agencies uh, if people want to sign up for things like that and get uh, a bit of experience on a tv or film set wow. um just to just to see what goes on um but the actual I, I, I suppose recently I've come to the conclusion that I can legitimately call myself an actor now, um, yes. professionally, um, which is a nice thing to say. And what, what it, year did you officially announce that you're an actor then? What year? Yeah. Well, this year. Uh, what <laughs> December the <laughs> December the ninth, twenty twenty-three. No, I mean well, we th- had th- a moment sh- at the. We were at the. Um, at the pub, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's and, a great place. And yeah, we were, yeah. we were yeah. discussing um, about how when someone asks what your job is, and mm. you go, oh, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm kind of an actor, you know, and yeah. you, there's almost this, like, uh, shame to it. Like you were saying about the proper job thing. Yeah. So I think, I, don't, I can't remember what that was, but I think I that think day we said, let's, from let's, now on, when someone commit. says, what do you yeah. do? You say, I'm an actor. And yeah. do you know what? Every time, <laughs> I'm an actor, but I also drive a taxi. <laughs> 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 and, and but they always I, say that taxi drivers have got like um, amazing um, learning retention and, and all sorts that can actually prepare you for any character as well, can't it, being a taxi driver? Well, I'll tell you what it does do is it um, it gives you a, a, a lot of exposure to some very interesting yeah, characters. Yeah, personalities as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but no, when people aren't drunk and they're getting in a taxi <laughs> and yeah. they say, oh, well, you know, do you, is this... And I always say, no, this isn't... Uh, this is just a side job, you know, and what mm. do you, oh, well, what, what's your main job? And I say actor. Invariably, people are really interested in that and they talk yeah. to you and they want to find out more. So it is quite... Um, I, feel, I feel quite privileged to say I'm an actor. Um, I haven't made a lot of money at it. It's um, We were talking <laughs> yeah. off air. It is, it is hard. I've probably submitted myself for a, over 100 roles this year since graduating from wow. drama school probably done about 20 25 auditions and I see. two jobs have come out of that mm. so it's not for the faint-hearted and that's why unless you're benedict cumberbatch or <laughs> judy dench you you all you will find that most actors work um 
another job mm. to pay the bills because yeah. acting is a um, it's a love and especially in the early days of launching a career it has to be one step at a time I suppose like in any job you build your portfolio you build your career you mm. build your networks of uh, people that you get to know in the industry and hopefully in time that will that will come to come good and, and you start getting more regular work unless you're very lucky and then you know some people just land really lovely jobs straight out of um, university or drama school and stay in the industry forever like Ken Barlow in Coronation Street I always <laughs> think he's like a forever actor in that one role I get the impression though that you don't want to get typecast in in one particular genre or role you you actually want to experience lots of variety yeah. in what you're doing well that that's the professional fulfillment and the artistic fulfillment that comes if you do manage to get different roles as an actor because people do get stuck typecast as an ex-police officer you know the obvious choice for me oh you can stand and like look like you're a policeman because you've been a policeman for so yeah. long but i've auditioned for half a dozen police officer roles and i haven't got a single one of them so oh wow so, so, you, so you actually do want to act as a, as a policeman i'll act now. as what anybody <laughs> will pay me to do ruth <laughs> at this stage of the game anyway because that was like the other question that i kind of like wanted to ask all of you how important is it for you to audition for roles that you really want as opposed to oh this is coming up it looks like as if it would fit my schedule let me just uh, apply for it because it'll be a job and I'll be acting but it's not really what what you want I mean do you go through that or do you always kind of go for the roles that you actually really feel that you would identify or bring the most to I think there's an element of practicality that does go into it in the sense that if you were in the lucky position of being able to pick and choose yeah um you would yeah but sometimes it's about obviously you wouldn't do something that you didn't want to do and okay your power who was it he told us Eliane, that i was gonna say yeah was, uh, one of our tutors probably you can... uh, one of our tutors eliane she said once that the biggest and one of the only powers an actor has is to say no yeah and that is difficult as you were saying then because the certain jobs that you might get cast in or that you might get far in the process for mm. and it could be paid so it's like oh you know i might make the job but then for yeah. whatever reason you have to say no to that okay. and that's when it's hard when you have to make that choice as an actor mm. but i suppose it's the same in a lot of professions but yeah. especially acting when the jobs are few and far between at times sure. saying no is quite difficult but mm. you have to look after yourself yeah and what you want to be doing and what you want to be representing with yeah. your own business and craft and that's actually a very important point the fact that it is in a sense your business and that's something that you've been touching on a lot as well Kenton you you are actually crafting and creating a whole business out of this you're not just auditioning you're writing as well because sometimes you may need to create your own work create your own role was one of the things that you said yeah absolutely I, I think um the best actors that I have seen always uh, create their own work mm. and, and it's, it's a, again it's a means to an end because we can't all go and play on the the, the, the Lowry stage or the mm-hmm. Royal Exchange or wherever you know in these big high profile venues you know we you showed us around your little building here today this, yeah. this lovely library and um, it's a that could quite easily be you know performed in um yeah it could be could be a performance in there a lovely performance space you know and it doesn't have to be a traditional theater so you're not going to get 
Cameron Mackintosh putting something <laughs> on in your library in Levenshoe, yeah. but you, it, it will be an opportunity for somebody you know, that might have written a little play, yes. uh, have a group of half a dozen uh, you know, actors that really are passionate about a particular project, and then, you know, we, we're going to bring that to Levenshoe Library or whatever. Um. Yeah, and of course different performance spaces actually make something like acting a bit more accessible because I think that there is still a lot of myths uh, around this that only an elite few could ever get into the and the truth is the acting industry does need people from all backgrounds to participate doesn't it yeah definitely yeah okay so we are going to have some ads and then on the other side of the adverts we've got more live plays and a pre-recorded one from Kenton and his crew <laughs> Welcome back to the second hour of the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world. Online, we are even available on DAB. Joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly, delighted to be keeping you company. And my special guests live in the studio, the fantastic Kenton Craig, the wonderful Lewis, the wonderful Freya and Sophie. <laughs> Shall we say your surnames? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's, let's give you the opportunity to become that little bit more famous the, 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 this Sunday. Well, what, what's your surname, Lewis? Uh, my surname's Pew, Lewis Pew. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm amazing. a proud member of the Kenton crew. <laughs> yeah, so you're making a song as you go as well, yeah. <laughs> and Freya. I'm Freya Ingram, also a proud member of the Kenton crew. <laughs> yeah, we're getting the merch sorted <laughs> next Hat. time. I want t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and Sophie. Uh, uh, Sophie Truman, again, proud member of the Kenton crew. Third oh, member yeah. of the Third Kenton no. crew. Yeah. Are, are you taking on any new recruits or is this going to be solid... Four of you from we'll take on. anyone in the Kenton crew. We're not picky. <laughs> There's room for Ruth O'Reilly. Yeah. I'm impressed that you remember my surname. It's um, on the badge. On the badge. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my, my granddad in Ireland used to um, write plays, and that's one of the reasons why I was so interested in the idea of getting plays back on the, the radio. He was also in the very first talkie in, in Ireland as well, so he was into acting, but his day job was a postman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't actually know of any actors apart from the Hollywood ones where it's only acting that's their main job. I mean, do, do you guys, have you embarked on, on that? Have you discovered anyone that's only acting when they're, they're not that famous but they only act? I think even a lot of people who are, I'd say, predominantly actors still keep other things going. Like mm. a lot of teaching or they might then mm. like direct. So they sort of... I would say that their job is wholly in the performance sector, but they're not just acting. I don't know if you'd agree on that. Like, I feel like they're still, they might go into university and, like, teach a, a class right, there yeah. or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, even people, I feel like that's the next stage up, isn't it, almost? Yeah, sort of. even yeah. people who you think are that level where they wouldn't have to um, have those jobs, like you said, are university lecturers as well. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. And I guess, uh, as well, it's always good as an actor to be looking for new personalities, like what you were saying about your, your taxi um, clients, maybe. You, you, it's always kind of making you more imaginative about what you may write. Well, I think, well, there's two schools of thought. I think there's, you, you write what you know, yeah. and obviously if you get experience of something, then 
you, you can take that experience and maybe overlay it with some imagination. Mm. Uh, or the other school of thought is write something that you don't know, and that is a complete imagination um, fest where your mind can you just let your mind go bananas and yeah. and see where it takes you. you yeah. Know? But in the, the, the case of um, our next piece, what we're going to play, Barney Street, this is kind of based on you writing what, what you know. Is that why you've gone on? This is very well produced. It, it just Are you thought how to do all this with the sound effects and the music and, and all the rest of it? Are you thought all this in acting school or is this you actually researching and blending it all together? It's kind of self-taught really, the, um, mm. the editing process. It, it came on the back of um, the audio training that we did. Um, our final sort of project at drama school uh, was like a, a research project. I forget what we call it now, a personal, personal research, research. Okay. Uh, project. Um, and you had the opportunity basically to do whatever you wanted to do right. um, for the module. And I enjoyed the audio work so much, I decided I was going to write a radio play. Mm. Um, actually, I think two of the... Th no, in fact, you, were you all? Because we, we did, we, yeah. We, we so these, so we, we developed the Canton crew back in yeah, uh, drama school. Yes. Then. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I forgot that. Is it their voices that we're hearing in this as well? Are they? Yes, yes. Oh, all. well, so that's interesting. Yeah. So, so afterwards, we'll, we'll have a chat about how this process was for you to, um, to actually perform in, in, in this as well. But this is Barney Street... Episode one. Do we want to be talking about the content of it? And before? we need to talk about the content. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just. It's just a really a, uh, what we might term a trigger warning. It does mm. deal. It's. It's based on a police policing type story and does deal um, with domestic abuse scenarios. So it's not. Uh, there's nothing graphic, so you know there's no yeah. nothing that um, should shock too much. But it's just to make sure people are aware of that. Uh, if it touches yeah. sensitivities, um, then there are places to go for help. Thank you, Kenson. One one thing that I wanted to say about this as well is I felt that it was very relevant to broadcast this kind of story in the run up to Christmas because that's when domestic violence actually reaches an all time high as well. Yeah, it does seem to be the case. Uh, people thrown in a room together for three or four days over Christmas, it, uh, it's, it's unusual for them. Kev, you've got Alpha X-ray 3-6. Jim, can you take 4-5? Ali, you're 3-5. Bob, uh, sorry, pal, you're covering the front desk because Martha's off sick. You're joking me, Sarge. This is the third time this month. And? Well, well, I'm just fed up with it. Why can't someone else because do it? Because I'm sending you. Problem with that, lad? No, Sarge. Anyway, I'll give you time to get your admin done. For instance, that assault file the CJ Sergeant emailed me about, won't it? I suppose so. Ali, can you bring me a pasty at refs, please? Traditional or chicken? Hey, have you tried their vegan sausage rolls? They are amazing. Vegan? No, thanks. Just a traditional pasty, please, mate. OK, no probs. Ali, can I have a word? What's up, Sarge? Last night, there was another three calls to George Street. <sighs> the boss wants something done about it, cos he's going to end up killing her. 
and because we keep getting cold, it'll look bad on us if we haven't done everything we can to resolve it. What more can we do? They won't accept help. From what people say, she won't even make a complaint and there's never enough evidence to actually do anything. I know all that, but we just need to make sure we actually do everything possible to avoid a serious assault. Want me to do a welfare check this morning? Well, yeah, but I also think we need to do a bit more than just a welfare check. We need to put some extra resource into it, put a plan together or something. If it's written up properly, we'll be covered. And the boss might put some budget in for overtime if you want it. Why me? Why not Bob or Jim or one of the others? I just think Sheila Francis will take more notice of you. You know, being a woman. Sarge, that's not really on. Uh, Ali, I've come to you because I can trust you'll do it. Okay. Okay. I'll jump round to check when it comes light, but I'll need to do some research in the office first. Okay, well, not too much inside mine. We've already lost Bob to the desk. Let me know how you get on later and make sure comms know when you're going in. Yeah, will do. Yes, of course, Mrs. Fern. The problem is that. Well, no, yes. Look, the way we have to investigate this is by going to see the complainant to take enough details to... Yes. We will, of course, support their decision, but I'd really like to identify which officer it was rather than... Okay. Let me make some inquiries and I can make an informed decision. Sounds interesting. <sighs> Victim support want to register a complaint on behalf of an as yet unidentified victim about how a burglary was handled by an officer. The victim doesn't want anything to do with us and victim support doesn't know the identity of the officer, nor what they did or didn't do. Anyway, I heard that more calls came in at uh, George Street overnight. Uh, yes, boss. One at 11, one at midnight, and the last one at three this morning. Each time we went, there were no injuries, but it seemed to patrols that they'd both been drinking again. Why were no arrests made? Looking at the incident log, the comms op said they could hear them both shouting at each other on the line. It looks like she was being as bad as him. On the last call, it was Trevor that called in saying she was smashing things up. That could just be to try and confuse the picture. He knows how to work the system, Sean. When the unit got there, he was asleep on the sofa and she was upstairs in bed, snoring. They had a quick look round and the only thing out of place was a smashed panel on one of the kitchen units. I think the attending officers felt it was better to leave him to sleep it off. He was calm, so they warned him, and they warned him if they were called back, he'd get arrested. But the log was kept open to get a welfare check done this morning, so I've got Ali Shepherd on it. We're going to need to do more with this than just keep going round. It's been going on for some time now without a resolution. Can you have a conversation with the neighbourhood team to see if we can appoint a dedicated OIC to oversee it? I already did, but they said they didn't have a beat officer for that area at the moment. I asked if a PCSO could do it, but Sue Smith, the skipper in that team, said it wasn't appropriate for a PCSO to oversee, which I tend to agree with, to be honest. OK, I've got the area tasking meeting today, so I'll raise it there. If I have a word with the super, he might put some extra budget in. That should get some interest from someone if there's overtime in it. This is a griefy job, so I wouldn't be too sure about that. The, the staff are tired, Marm, and they're fed up with the hours they're having to do already. Well, let's cover the immediate basis today, make sure nobody has died, and then you can oversee it from the sector perspective on behalf of all the sections. Boss, I'm going on leave next week, so wouldn't it be better Sean, for... Sean, for God's sake, when did you book that in? Uh, three months ago, you know. I told you we were going to Spain for Jackie's birthday. OK, well... Get a problem-solving plan set up as quick as you can this week. Who's covering you while you're off? Oh, I'm on my own on this section, so it'll need to be an acting. Haven't you arranged anything? To be perfectly honest, I thought that was your job. 
I'm carrying the section on my own when there should be two sergeants on. Run off my feet. I know I should have sorted it out, but it just keeps dropping to the bottom of my workload. What about Ali? Oh, yeah, she could do it, but she hasn't passed the exams. Anyone else? Not on my section. Well, it's a bit late to bring someone in from another section, so I'll have to authorise Alice to do it. Can you let her know? You do realise that means the shift will be down to 50% staffing for constables. We should have 12, but with annual leave and sickness, we're down to eight. If Martha isn't back, that's seven. If Ali acts up, that's six. None of the other sections are faring any better, Sean. So we'll just have to hope nothing goes pear-shaped. Can't cancel your leave, I don't suppose. Only kidding. You just go and enjoy it. When's your last day in? Tomorrow. Late turn. I've taken the last three shifts off for the week, so we fly out on Friday. Well, I'm off tomorrow as well, so we'd better get this plan for George Street pulled together today, OK? I'll do what I can. What do you want? Mr Francis, I'm here to make sure everyone is safe and well. Where is Mrs Francis? I don't care where she is. I hope she's died in a bloody sleep. It's not very nice, Mr Francis. Can I come in, please? Is she upstairs? Do you mind if I go back and take a look? <laughs> oh, don't mind me. You just come in, why don't you? Don't come up here. I don't want to speak to you. I just need to speak to you, Mrs Francis. I'm not interested in what you need. I want him out. Why is that, Mrs Francis? He's a, a bully and a drunk and he's always been a waste of time. My mother told me that before I married him, but I was daft enough to stick with him. Well, could you just come down so we can have a quick chat? Oh, all right. For God's sake, you lot keep coming here. Nothing ever gets done. Haven't you got anything better to do with your time? Being frank, Mrs Francis, no. No, I haven't. I want to make sure that both of you are safe and well. Well, I am, aren't I? You can see me. I'm just great. Couldn't be better. It's her that needs to go, not me. I bought this house with my money. She's just a waste of bloody space. Never worked. Don't even make me a meal when I've been out all day. You're a cheeky beggar. Don't blame me for your own situation. Oh, yeah, we if bloody they won't be exactly and, and boozing, we'd have yeah, plenty. Yeah, yeah. Please, please. Keep it up, keep it up. They're pairing you. Can you just stop arguing? I'm trying to help, and I need to speak to you both sensibly. One at a time. Right. Thank you. Mrs Francis, can we go in the front room to chat? Mr Francis, can you please stay here? In fact, I don't suppose you could make a cuppa. I've not had time for a brew this morning yet. Flipping heck, necky cow. Where do you think you are, station canteen? <laughs> OK, all right, I'll make you a cup, but she can whistle for it. Mr Francis, that's not nice. Please, could you make us both yeah, one? Yeah, probably spit in mine anyway, so I don't want one. <sighs> Mrs Francis, can I call you Sheila? Yes, all right, Lord. We've had several calls here last night to a disturbance. It's not the first time, is it? He's just, like I say, a bully and a waster. Fed up with him. What happened then, last night? Why'd you call us? Because I want him to Stop? Stop? keeps getting drunk and abusive. What do you mean by abusive? <coughs> Listen, are you married? No. Well, I live with someone, but I'm not married. OK, how long have you been with them? Nearly five years now. Well, we've been together 25 years. Married for 23. Ordinarily, I'd say congratulations, but I'm not sure that's appropriate in these circumstances. Has it been like this for a while? Mm. It's never been any different since... Um... Look, love, 
I, I love him really. I, I don't want him to go. We we had a difficult time in the early days, and it, he's like this for a reason. And uh, look, I I think you can you can go. We'll be all right. Mrs. Francis, we do want to help both of you, but you also need to help yourselves. And we can't just keep turning up to keep the peace every night. We don't have enough resources for that. I know, love. We'll try to keep off the booze for a bit and I'll make it up with him. Stop him getting angry. Shouldn't have to walk on eggshells to stop him becoming angry, though. Can I ask you something? Yeah. You said it's been like this forever, but for a reason. What is that reason? Ah, that's not something I want to talk about, love. I don't know you and you probably don't really care anyway. I do care, Mrs Francis. I care very much. But I respect that if you don't want to tell me, you don't have to. Here are my contact details. Not always on duty, but if you leave a message, I will get back to you next time I am on duty. If you want to chat. Okay? Okay, love. Thank you. I'll be alright. Shall we go have that cup now? <coughs> Here you are. Don't put sugar in yours, because I'm thinking you're sweet enough already. Thank you, Mr Francis. I was just explaining to Sheila that we can't keep seeing you two having these incidents and do nothing about it. I need to make some referrals to partner agencies like social services and domestic crisis team about these latest calls. They're here to help. Is that all okay? No, love, we don't want any help. I don't want you to refer, no, me or, me or check to anyone. I have please. to, Mrs Francis, it's my job. Oh, then you can bloody well get out of my house. Now? That's right, we don't need your help, you stuck-up cow. But like I said, we're here to help, and there's been too many incidents here to just let it go. Get out! Now! You heard her! Go on, get out! Okay, okay, I'm going. It was nice to meet you both. I hope we can help I you. said get out! Hi, is that Marsh? Great, thanks. I have a question about making a referral. Well, first, can I ask whether you've had any referrals in the past for Trevor and Sheila Francis at 3 George Street? You haven't? Surprised by that. Right, OK. Um, well, I think we need to put something in place. Yep, domestic. I've looked in the system and over the last three months we've had 18 calls to that address. I've been given this to look at today because there were three calls to that address last night. OK. Yes, I've checked PNC and he was convicted of assaulting her about seven years ago. He got a suspended sentence, but looking at the crime report, it looks like he hospitalised her, she made a complaint and gave a statement, but then rescinded it and it... Yes, that seems to be the last time that he was brought into custody. Yes. I've met her this morning and I'm worried about her. She doesn't want to be referred, but... Yes, I know. But we have to do something. Okay. Should I come over to speak in person? Next week? So, what happens between now and then? Yes. All right. Yes, we've got a marker on the address, and yes, we could do regular drive-bys, but... Okay. Well, if that's all we can do for now, I'll have to write it up as that. Okay. Thanks, see ya. Having trouble? That was a safeguarding hub so-called. They say they can't do a lot at the moment as they have hundreds of cases but they say to make the referral and in the meantime advise that we should take the standard approach, set up regular checks etc. That doesn't seem enough. What should I do? Well what do you think we should do? I don't know, 
regular welfare checks, some form of positive arrest policy. Keep in touch with her and keep encouraging her to make a complaint. Could we give her like an emergency mobile phone or something? All worthy ideas. And? What about observations on the address or put a camera in to see if we can see the trouble happening and gather our own evidence without relying on her? Blimey, Ellie, that's a lot of work. And you know that you'll never get that signed off unless we've literally tried everything else and failed. Look, you're doing well with this. Write up a plan and I'm happy to sanction it. The boss will have to have sight of it and sign it off too, but it needs to be done today because she's off tomorrow and my last day in is tomorrow. I've just been given another two routine jobs this afternoon. What do you think's more urgent? Well, obviously this, but late shift will go mad with me if I don't deal with the other jobs. Leave the late shift to me. I want you to concentrate on this. Oh, and by the way, how do you fancy acting up next week whilst I'm away? What? The boss says she'll support it, but you'll have to agree to do it. I think you could. You've shown good initiative with this. I, I don't know, Sarge. That, that's a lot of responsibility. And extra money. It's not all about the money, Sarge. No, but it helps. Can I think about it? Yeah, of course. But like the domestic plan, I need to know today. OK. Police emergency. Go ahead, operator. Connecting landline 01253 451600. Thank you, operator. Hello, this is the police. What's the address of the emergency, please? I need help. Can I take your name, please? Sheila. Okay, Sheila. And your last name, my love? Francis. Okay, Sheila. And what's the nature of your emergency? Yeah. I, I think he's dead. Who's dead, Sheila? I think I've killed him. Bonnie Street Episode 1 was written and produced by Kenton Craig. Constable Ali Shepard was played by Sophie Truman. Inspector Walton and Sheila Francis, Freya Ingram. Sergeant Goyle by Kenton Craig. Trevor Francis and Constable Bob Bayliss by Lewis Pugh.
Being Crosby there with White Christmas. You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio with me, Ruth O'Reilly. Delighted to be keeping you company. And live in the studio, my special guests are the fantastic Kenton Craig, Lewis, Freya, and Sophie. It's a pleasure to, to have you in the studio today, guys. And one thing that I didn't realize was that you were all acting in Bonnie Street, what we've just heard. That's wow. Right. Yes, yeah. we were indeed. Yeah. That was absolutely Im- incredible because in in terms of Freya and Lewis, you were actually playing two parts. You were playing more more mature roles as well. How how was it to actually get into the the, the mindset of those particular characters? Yeah, um, I, I, it was challenging, I think, because mm. the, the scene's obviously quite intense, as you heard. Yes. Um, and more so in my case, my character's not a very nice person, yeah. but with characters like that, you still have to play them with realism and with a, almost a sympathetic approach in order to understand why they might say the things they'd say and yeah. act like yeah. that. And I think like we were touching on earlier with... Um, even though it's just audio, I'm still getting into the physicality of it. Oh, like yeah. When we were in the booth, we were still kind of adopting these characters mm-hmm. to help get us into those mindsets. Yeah, I could really hear that. Um, so realistic, I would have never known. What was it like for, for you, Freya? I'm like, wow, she's so young. This was, this was <laughs> a woman. Um, how, how was that for you, getting into that role? I think, for me, I love it when I get to play characters who are really far from myself yeah. and I think as you go into the industry there are perhaps fewer opportunities to do that right. in that yeah. you often for, for TV especially mm. it's about who could you realistically play and um, I don't know if you get as many opportunities to go as far from yourself as you 
you would like to and I think that's why doing radio and doing this play in particular is really challenging and interesting as an actor because you get to push yourself to that limit and no as you say you'd have no idea what I looked like from hearing it and it doesn't matter what I look like it's completely irrelevant and that is so freeing as an actor that I think we all found that a little bit in radio when we first did it it was this sense of for me I I was like I can let go now because I don't have to worry about anything else other than my voice and yeah, yeah. so I, I really enjoy it I really enjoy that, it. that is radio play at its finest it kind of <laughs> completely demonstrates why it's so important for, for an actor to at least experience that genre of work at some point yeah in terms of this storyline Kenton and the crew that you compiled for this did you write the 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 part with these guys in mind were were you like i I know that uh freya and and louis can really do double parts and stuff like that um if i'm brutally honest no i didn't write those characters for them they're they're actually based on you know people that i've met um but i had my crew (laughs) so i knew i knew they're more than capable of uh of pulling off the characters so it was it was an easy decision to call them up on facetime or whatever and, and say do you fancy doing this for me and sophie you were the police officer that um, was checking on them and yeah. and and all that how, how was that role for you i think it's i mean it's such an interesting role to play and obviously something that i have no experience with in in actual life mm. i think that's why it's so great in a way that charlie does have that experience because when we had the script Kenton, sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm using his, I'm using his other name. Char- Charlie is my first name. <laughs> I just got, I just got a little bit. I just said the wrong name. But I thought that he was using Kenton because it sounds a bit American. But it, that's actually your real, it is, your real yeah, it is my name. It's middle my name. name, isn't yeah, it? Is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes, Ken- Kenton, apologies. Um, because he has that experience, it's so handy that like, when we'd go through the script, if there was something that we didn't quite know or we wanted to work out, he's got such like this fountain of knowledge yeah. to be able to work it out and I think you know you shared stories so it's helpful to get into that character because you can sort of see that this is like people's day jobs this is what a lot of people yeah. have, to, have to experience well I totally believe that you were the police officer that was checking up <laughs> on them um, so, so, so that's um, brilliant but yeah I mean I didn't realise, I, I listened to this like a few weeks ago and I didn't realise that it was the same cast that was coming in t- to do live and having seen you perform your um, comedy sketch before that, it's like, oh wow, so they've gone from this comedic to, to being able to act so serious, so it, it's really good the way you can actually transform from one genre to another as well, I think that's really effective, yeah, um, and... Um, under Kenton's orders, we're, we're, we're sandwiching this in. We started off with comedy, we've had the serious, um, and we're going to have some more comedy, aren't we, Kenton? Do you want to tell us a, a little bit about this piece? Well, I'll hand over to Louis because he's uh, he, he and Sophie are the uh, authors, yeah. writers. Yeah, playwrights. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. Is playwright yeah. still a word? Or is that an old fashioned yeah. word? Because I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, it's definitely a word. Yeah, because yeah, I wasn't sure, because that's like what my granddad used to call himself. But I thought, has that changed? I wasn't, so I wasn't sure. So yeah, so, you, so you've written this this play. Do you want to tell us a bit about this? Yeah, so it's it's the um, the same characters that you met earlier. It's the oh, okay. same four people, um, but this time they've been tasked with. Um, organising the work Christmas party 
Oh, nice one. The scene kind of sees them planning it and... Coming together to put on the best Christmas do possible for the office. Wonderful. Let's the first annual meeting of the Christmas committee begin. We're organising the Christmas party, not the Hunger Games, Phil. District 12, more like District Elves. Well, that's it. You're fired from the Christmas committee. Uh, you can't fire me from the committee. Yeah, you, you can't do that, Grace. The boss hand-picked us for this task specifically. We're kind of like the Avengers. Yeah. Um, all I want, Thor Christmas is you. I've changed my mind. You're right, Grace. He's fired. <sighs> Can I just check, team? Um, do we want Jack... Oh, wait. No. I mean, Mr Hastings. This is a big honour to be in, chosen specifically by him. We've got big shoes to fill. Last year's party was at Pizza Hut. And what a party it was. Unlimited pizza, bottomless pop. And we got unlimited use of the ice cream factory. <laughs> I've never seen a grown man get sugar rush from a cup of vanilla ice cream and a few dolly mixtures. Look, 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 <laughs> what I'm trying to say is we could go down in history as organising the best Christmas party there has ever been at this company. Gosh, I'd follow you into battle after that speech, Phil. Yeah, Phil, very arousing. I, um, I think you mean rousing, Jack. I meant what I said. Right. Okay, troops, picture this. Here we go. You walk through the candy cane doors. What's a candy cane door? You are greeted by the distant sound of bells. Do they happen to be jingle bells? A 12-foot Christmas tree stands proud in the middle of the room. The mulled wine is flowing by the bucket full. The smell of mince pies floats through the air. Nah, I don't eat mince pies. I've cut red meat out of my diet. Right, just tell me, Jack, what do you think is in a mince pie? Uh, mince? Oh, anything else? Pie. Ah, yes, that famous ingredient. Look, pie. Come on, focus, will you? Sorry, Phil. After we've warmed our cockles with pie and booze, we venture to the cold outdoors. A snow machine paints the picture of the perfect winter wonderland. What? What's that you hear? My God, it's only a herd of reindeer trot down the street as all 40 original members of the 1984 Band-Aid signal serenade us as we swing the night away. Right, couple of issues there, Phil. Hit me. I'm all ears. I mean, first of all, not sure the budget is going to cover the expenses for all members of the original Band-Aid, plus there's that added complication that not all of them reside above the ground these days. And where exactly would we be sourcing these reindeers from? A reindeer. Sorry? Reindeer. The plural of reindeer is reindeer. You said reindeers. Do you feel better now? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, well, other than the reindeer and Band-Aid, it sounds like a winner. Oh, I forgot to mention, um, I would like to audition for the role of Santa Claus. Oh, audition? Well, very tough competition this year, Phil. I know Craig from head office has been growing out his beard specially. And Sally's husband is a professional Santa. Mm. He did Trafford Centre last year. Is, yeah. it, is that him? I've got a photo with him on my fridge. Oh, did you take your niece? No, why, why would I do that? I thought, you know, being on the committee uh, and all that, I, I might get some special privileges. Oh, Ooh. Phil... We can't have you abusing your power on the Christmas committee in order to land the coveted role of Father Christmas himself. No, 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 I wasn't trying to... like you said, if you were willing to audition for the role, no-one could argue favouritism played a part in your casting. Well, then, um, 
I'm ready. I'm ready to go right now. Confident, strong start, yep. just what Santa needs. Yeah. To play Santa, you need to truly know Santa. Right. How many reindeer do you have? Oh, nine. Easy. Next. What was the original colour of your suit? Green. Where do you live? North Pole. What would a naughty child get in their stocking? Well, actually, can we really deem a child entirely um, as naughty? I'm going to need an answer, Phil. Cole. Father Christmas has to travel all around the world. If he arrived in these countries, how would he say Merry Christmas? France. Joyeux Noël. Uh, Germany. Frohweihrachten. Spanish. Feliz Navidad. Boom! Wow, Phil, you really do know your stuff. I'm actually really impressed. But any Tom, Dick or Harry can know the facts. Anyone can talk the talk, but Phil, can you walk the walk? Phil, do you know what we're asking you to do? I think so. We're going to need to hear your ho, ho, ho. I don't know if he's ready. Uh, I am. I am ready. I don't know, Phil. This is quite a challenge we've set before. I, I can you. do it. I can do this. I can I can ho, ho, ho with the best of them. Take your time, Phil. The stage is yours. <sighs> ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Found our Father Christmas. Oh, congrats, Phil. Well, we can take hiring a Santa out of the budget, which should give us a bit more to play with. Oh. So, with venue hire, a buffet, a couple of free drinks. A, a snow machine. A snow machine, yeah. yes. We're looking at around, what, a grand? A grand and a half? Yeah, it sounds about right. How much budget do we actually have? Uh, let me check. Oh, I can feel it in my bones. This is going to be the best Christmas do this company has ever seen. <laughs> 200 quid. What? We have a budget of £200. That, that can't be right. I got through 200 quid's worth of ice cream alone last year. Budget cuts, mate. They even affect the magic of Christmas. <sighs> right, then. Looks like it's a BYOB and a couple of sausage rolls in the staff room, then. Brilliant. Christmas is ruined. Hey, don't be like that, Phil. We could make a snow machine by shredding some scrap paper. Oh, and I can put some antlers on my dog and bring her in. And hey, I do a great George Michael impression. And you know what the best part is, Phil? What? We might not put on the best party the company has ever seen, but we'll definitely have the best Santa. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas.
up your quilted stockings. Turn off the light. Santa Claus is coming. Down the old Listening to All FM 96.9, the real voice of Manchester. You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show right here on 96.9 All FM with me, Ruth O'Reilly, and my special guests live in the studio. My real voice of Manchester today is the fantastic Kenton Craig, and with him is lovely Lewis, fantastic Freya, and the super Sophie. Oh, Thank wow. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice bit of alliteration. That Christmas play, that was a total surprise, really funny, and I wasn't expecting you to do a Christmas piece. You, you've done it on a deadline for us, haven't you? Yeah. Wow. What, what was that like? That's one of the first times of, of writing something quite quickly. I think, um, I think there's been a number of times where we've had to write to deadlines mm. like that. I think... Um, there's a pressure with this one, I think, more so in other things, because you're writing for other people as well. Yeah. So yeah. you're not just, um, if, if, how do I word it? So I guess at uni and stuff, you write essays to deadlines, perhaps, or you write things, sure. you know, that's just for, that's just you. No one else is going to get impacted by that. But with this, yeah. you're kind of writing for your company. So there's that extra pressure yeah. of making it good for the rest of your, your, your but crew. But also, like, what would the character say? Because sometimes we'd write a line and then we'd be like, no, that's not a Phil line. That's, like, <laughs> someone like someone else would say that. But then also things that just came into the script because we spoke about Band-Aid the day before and then yeah. that made its way. And so it's, like, things that yeah. actually happened that week almost yeah. then became part of the script. It's quite nice as kind of, like... I think the way I like writing, it's nice writing with other people because I've done a lot of writing individually. Okay. So writing yeah. with someone else, it's nice because you can almost just have that conversation, conversation yeah. as the characters. Exactly. And then write down as you do it. It's quite inception-y almost. <laughs> yeah. like you're as the characters writing it, but you're not, it's cool. Kenton's getting his name in for his <laughs> other play. He's embedded it into all your brains. <laughs> what I liked about this as well is, like, first we just saw them in the office um, and then you've already developed these characters into their Christmas special they've had the first (laughs) episode in the Christmas special and I guess it gives you more idea about where you may develop these characters in the future if you wanted to now already so that's quite interesting yeah Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate the fact that we've not had one, but three different types of plays, two of which have been live. How's it been for you um, performing on radio? It's been really fun. (laughs) It's been really fun. This is the first time um, I've done something like this, and all of my audio work has been me alone in a cupboard in my flat recording audio, which is kind of sad. So it was really lovely to come together with other actors and um, 
be in this space and it's just been really it's been really fab and it's been really lovely oh i'm glad that you enjoyed it but i really love the kind of dynamic and bond that has been built up between kenton and the the three of you and we were talking about the fact that this is all off the back of the amazing course that that you did and the fact that you really did integrate the generations together in a way and that that was not a problem for you we, we get ideas in our mind like oh it will be the younger people on one side and the older people not really accepted. So it's, it sounds really amazing the way that you have taken Kenton under your wing, <laughs> Kenton's taken you under his yeah. wing with his yeah. experience and just how you've blended it. Again, it's a great example of one of the reasons why the arts are important in ways that the everyday person may not realise. It is, um, <clears throat> for me, it was... You know, going into that environment was scary. Yeah. It was scary. I want, you know, I mean, I've, I've faced some real <laughs> threats in my time. You know, um, yeah. but this was on another level in a, in a way. Um, walking and in that first that? day was that because you, your, your ego? It was just, or was no, it just, no, the, no, just think, something different? No, I think. It, I mean, the ego thing is a, just a, a whole other story, isn't it? <laughs> Imposter yeah. syndrome, and you know, am I? actually any good at this uh, and what how have I managed to get myself here but no it was the scary bit is what you were saying really is that I'm going to walk into a room predominantly of people who are probably two or three decades younger than me mm. um, and how am I going to be accepted am I going to be that uh, sad older fella in the corner <laughs> or am I yeah. going to be you know are they going to allow me to take part in a course you know, I did my bit. I think of trying to throw myself into it fully. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was it was a lovely experience in that respect. As to so it's a, again, it's an encouragement to anybody. That there we should not have boundaries really in society, um, whether that be age, yeah. race, religion, or whatever. I don't want to get into too, into politics, but particularly, but that that is one of the problems we got in in society isn't it that people there, there are barriers between one section of community to another and you know arts is definitely a way of uh, arts and music i'd say probably two of the the ways of breaking down those barriers yeah that, that's why we're called all fm because we are for all all arts all media and i need to tell you dear listener kenton does not look that old if you if he's, <laughs> yeah. he's not he he's just like <laughs> sound it either um so yes i was like telling you off air about the fact that i'd, I'd listened to this amazing interview with uh, brian cox from succession and he was talking about the fact that there is more old and actors um needed right now but not enough people are, are coming forward and, and and stuff like that so i'm just thinking you seem to be able to pick up um you actually seem to be able to pick up these um, roles quite easily. You seem you seem to be going from from audition to audition, but picking up roles quite easily. One of which is is a major role in a new Christmas production here in Manchester. Well, I'd, I wouldn't say picking them up easily, Ruth. <laughs> if I'm honest, it it's is been a, a journey. It's a gr it's, it is total graft. You just have to keep going and grafting away and trying to audition for things. Mm. And yeah, I'm so excited to be in. Um, the, it's called Bear Left, a Christmas anthology, um, which is going on at the 53-2 Theatre in Manchester at Watson Street in the Arches, um, mm. which is a lovely space. I'd never been before uh, a couple venue. of weeks ago. Yeah. It's, a re it's got a really cool bar that serves you know, teas and coffees and, as well as alcoholic drinks and stuff. And, and the theatre is a lovely small space in an arch 
um, I guess it must have been an old uh, railway yeah, arch. a um, reconstructed um, railway yeah, arch. Um, and they're doing the band call in there today and continuing technical rehearsals. But yeah, so we open on Wednesday, which is the 13th of December, uh, runs through to the 23rd of December. Uh, a couple of mat matinees on the Saturdays. Uh, and it's just epic. And I, I don't use that word uh, lightly. It is written by... Um, a, a collaboration team, if you will. Mm. There's, there's uh, several writers of the of the text, but overlaid and underscored by um, the composer Oliver Mills, Ollie Mills, as we know him. <laughs> uh, and he is such a talented musician and composer. It's been fantastic to rehearse. There's really heartwarming stories, some challenging stories, um, um, but it's it all ends well. Uh, as Phew. every good Christmas story should. All um, ends well in yeah. time for Christmas. Indeed. <laughs> Can I ask you why bare? Le I'm like, what's this bare left? Well, why? it's it, yeah. So it's um, it's set on uh, a fictitious motorway service station okay. on the M62. Oh wow. Uh, so you're bare left into oh, the service station. Ah, it's all coming together now. I, that's, that's just my assumption. I mean, there might be something so, deeper so, that the writer so no, no bears. No, no There's no bears, bears oh, as far as I'm aware. thinking you're dressing up as a bear. It's, it's a shame, isn't it? it there is really should be more bears I mean, in, in theatre You were talking general, about typecasting cast earlier. Yeah. I think I'd make, I'm six foot four. Yeah, I think I'd make a good bear. I think that would probably be Louis. He'd probably be the one dressed up as a bear. In terms of it being an anthology, though, how, how many stories? Oh, no, you put me on the spot. Um, I think there's, oh, gosh, is there 16 of us in the cast? So there's about eight different, right. seven, seven or eight, six, seven, eight stories okay. inter, intermingled throughout the whole thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's there's there's a lot of lovely singing in it, mm. um, it solo and ensemble. And I've... You know, I've worked with talented people before, but this the whole cast is really, really talented. Um, and, and the singing is fantastic, the music is fantastic, the acting is fantastic, and it's just... It just even thinking about it now, I'm, get, I'm yeah, getting no, excited. Yeah, no, I love how animated he is about yeah. it. Um, but, but, yeah, you, you flew past the fact that you're actually singing majorly in, in this. You're, you're a, a, a tenor, did you say? You're singing on, on that level? Depends on whether the cold that's brewing oh, in my okay. chest, it, it might be a baritone by <laughs> Wednesday, but, uh, yeah, tenor, tenor baritone. Yeah. Have you sung in productions before? Was that something that you did when you were the Pink Fairy, or was this going to oh, be yes. the first time? <laughs> Your Pink oh, Fairy yes. days. I should mention I also played Aladdin, uh, the, uh, the genie in Aladdin, oh, okay. and uh, uh, Captain Von Trapp, and uh, Daddy Warbucks in Annie, and oh, a few wow. of these, diff that's in amateur theatre, of course, I wouldn't like to uh, profess I've played those parts well, the professionally. Pink Fairy, pink fairy, fairy is, the is the <laughs> well, it is the top of the tree. Oh. Oh. See what I did there? <laughs> Um, oh, I hope that's on yeah. your CV. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it, it sounds like as if this is going to be an amazing production. It's great that it's in Manchester. It's not the first production that you've done in Manchester. You you did have a very um, alternative kind of um, performance where you were only a voice recently, didn't you? Yeah, there was a play at um, Contact Theatre called 14%, which deals with um, identity and race. Um, and I... You're talking about having some sympathy with a character, mm. even if they're not the most desirable. And um, I played a character in that that was uh, certainly exhibiting 
uh, racist tendencies, but it was right. a vocal. It was a vocal performance which was pre-recorded. Okay. So it was a one one-woman show, if you like, on the stage in the theatre, but um, supported by a cast of. Um, actors that had re pre-recorded vocal pieces. So that was that like on the phone or something? Um, it was on a train actually. Oh okay. Yeah so it was different conversations yeah. of passengers on the train and the, um, and it was followed, the, uh, I think the premise of it was it had just followed uh, a demonstration, a march um, in London and, um, and it was the journey home for this uh, female football player. Okay. And uh, it was about the conversations that took place around her on the train mm. uh, and indeed her conversation with her unborn child at the time. Oh wow. Again, it's tackling some major topics, it's great use of voice even without visual, you're demonstrating all of that in, in one. What's next for you all? We're nearly coming to the end of the show so I want to quickly know what's next for you, for you all, starting with Kenton. Uh, Christmas. <laughs> a rest after that. Um, and yeah, just have a bit, a bit of time off over Christmas and then back to the graft in the new year, I guess, to try and mm. try and find some more acting mm. work wherever that may be. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, I've just been on tour with a, a play I wrote uh, about the Big Bad Wolf, uh, <laughs> oh, chil wow. their children's theatre. So we've just come back off tour from that and then we've just um, got a bit more funding to go on tour with that again in the new year so that's amazing yeah. so, so wh where is that being shown around manchester or somewhere else it's in the northwest more northern at the minute so okay. it's, it's based in burnley and then we're going up to like um blackpool and lancaster area it's that lancashire right. county council yeah they've given us you know some of the funding so we had oh, to okay that so that ward. makes you a bit more limited yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. but hopefully i'd love to bring it to manchester yeah for sure. oh i would love to see that what's next for you freya oh <laughs> uh, nothing concrete lined up i'm sure people will be flooding to call me to tell me <laughs> how much we'll they want me to do the next thing and I'm sure it'll ring really <laughs> no it's carrying on I've just started um, a new job um, at a different I, I also work in coffee and I've started a new job at Feel Good Club in the Northern wow, Quarter okay. and it's very much like a creative environment yeah. lots of creative people there and trying to keep pushing with my voice stuff and um, bringing that all together and then just applying for any opportunities that I can I feel really positive I feel like it's been a great end to the mm. year all of us have had our kind of debuts in the Manchester theatre scene yes. and it feels like it's, I don't know, it just feels like a really positive way yeah. to end the year and I'm so proud of what all of us have done this yeah. year, working hard. I'm just kind of looking forward to carrying on working. Oh, and so that's yeah. where I am at the moment. Definitely. And I know you said you want to get into audio books more or audio plays as well. Yeah, so. all sorts of things, yeah. Good luck with that. What's Thank next you. For, for you, Sophie? Uh, I'm continuing on a tour playing the ugly duckling which is again is like family theater but it's with a live orchestra okay um so i'm doing that and then i, I start rehearsals for an immersive theater play which is based on a true story which is a mm. bit wild about um when the toys are us when, when they had Toys R Us. Okay. Um, when they closed down about a group of um, workers who then started to hold illegal raves out of them. Oh, wow, So it's okay. a play all about how they started to make illegal raves and it's, it's got some, yeah, some exciting things lined that. up. So, yeah, yeah. it should be really good. And very not me to be uh, like, playing <laughs> well, that's, in a that's rave, what but you that's fun, yeah. <laughs> wow, well, good, good luck with, with that. So Thanks. sounds like lots is going on for all of you. Quickly, before we go, do you want to let people know again, Kenton, how they can get to see you in person and find out that you don't look old or whatever? 
<laughs> Better shave my beard off then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what are we talking? Social media or we're talking bare left? so we're, we're talking bare left first of all, and then social media. If anyone wants to contact you. Well, um, yeah. P- please uh, go on on Tinterweb. Uh, 53, mm-hmm. 53 two what's on page bare left. Thirteenth to the twenty third of December. Um, other than that, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And it's Kenton Craig. Kenton Craig Kong actor. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, yeah, just Kenton Craig. Is Bear Left one of these where the actors go into the audience? Because they did that a bit on the, the play that I went to see, or do you just stay in your space, which has got tables around it and stuff, doesn't it? There's Obviously, there's the raked seating area, yeah. um, which, which holds most people. But I do think they are planning on a cabaret table sort of effect at, yeah. on the bottom. Um, there might... I don't think there's any audience interaction. It's, okay. not, it's not a pantomime. It's... Um, it's a, it is a, you know, a, a, a play with a fourth yeah. wall. But uh, there, there is, um, well, you have to go past audience members to get out okay. because the door <laughs> is over there, and uh, there are exits elsewhere. But certainly there will oh, be. Yeah. So you get a chance to to see the the actors as well. Been wonderful to have you on. I'm so appreciative of you all for all your performances. And it's been a great chat, well, and I really appreciate it. It's been really good. So I want to wish you um, all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, <laughs> and we'll see what's from you next as well. Thank you, dear listener, for listening. I've been Ruth O'Reilly. Been delighted to keep you company. Coming up next week, it'll be the amazing author Nigel Cartner, and we're chatting to him about his Christmas book tour with Lost in Manchester, found in America. Till next time, take care of yourselves. Oh, the weather outside is frightful But the fire is so delightful And since we've no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow It doesn't show sun of stopping and I bought some corn for popping the lights are turned way down low let it snow